the issue of institutional framework, uh, how can we make it better? Because if we really were succeeding in the usual prioritization of the power sector, government would not be taking over these schools Definitely. as it is right now. And so what are the downside of our policies that, that brought about this? Uh, don't forget also, we once sold the refineries, the government reversed it. Yeah. Uh, is that going to play out again in the situation? And also about institutional framework. What is wrong with our institution? So, so that's fine. The final case is very interesting. I mean, we sold, we reversed. Mm. Uh, Ajakuta is a bigger issue. It's a very big one. We've and that's on, also about, you know... <laughs> we've been on for... Yeah. We, we sold, we called back, it led to litigation issue. We had to settle, kind of no money. And the place is just like them, like lying value. So we, we also said government should try to avoid such a situation because of investors' confidence. It's mm. very important. Uh, there may be, people mention telecommunication. That's a bit kind of a different structure. Especially when you look at it, it's not really privatization, but trying to commercialize a sector. Uh, so we, we definitely, as you said, need to look at our institutional framework, mm. regulatory framework, mm. and the process of identifying projects to be privatized getting the right set of people to bid and at least being shortlisted and finally being awarded those projects, looking at their technical capacity, financial capacity, and every other capacity that are needed for running such a system, not just uh, because I know you and then I can say, well, I have a brother somewhere who may be able to run this on my behalf, mm -hmm. and then you give me the license, then I go out and get people that may be. So how do we get experts? And some of them may even be international experts from which our local people can learn from. So we need to, definitely we need to privatize some things. At least we need to allow private sector to come into the system because we can't, government cannot do it alone. Look at the budget. You can't really fund any reasonable thing with the budget, especially capital project. Even next year, federal government is saying something about capital project. We may not have under the particular scenario. I mean, if we're going to have 12 trillion naira deficit <laughs> uh, so, out of 19 trillion naira. So, so what are you expecting? So we need private capital. But the kind of private capital that we need, they need to be properly regulated properly channel and then the right one are supposed to be selected and government needs to uh, to some extent develop a robust regulatory framework without patronage and that patronage I don't want to say corruption mm -hmm. uh, that's a very big issue in the country all right so do you see hope I mean none of this you have to be hopeful always <laughs> 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 that, that's the first thing. It's difficult for, for a lot of people to see hope. No, without hope, then we as well just die, right? So you just have to be hopeful. And I think that's what our religious centers and everybody, and even politicians try to preach, to say, by this government, there is a better... Someone said, hope, hope, hope died in 1993 or something. <laughs> because these figures are not giving hope. Yes, but, uh, uh, but what is giving hope is that they are being questioned. Yeah and there are responses. And I think that is hope enough. For us to know that we are at a low level and we try to aspire to a higher level. And I think that is a very good thing for us to be considering. And going forward into the future, I mean, look at the price of diesel, for instance. Uh, I, I don't know how much you're using running this place without power. You don't want to know, no. Uh, so I, I, I should know. <laughs> you don't want us to I, say. Imagine there's electricity. I mean, our costs will go down. Significantly. Significantly. Then the staff welfare will improve. Yes, exactly. More people can be employed. And those are important things. And if you are a producer, you're probably going to sell at a lower cost. Yes. I mean, look at... So we need to generate power. We need to use a private sector. But we need to know how to use the right private sector. And also energy mix. I mean, 
we can alternative energy is there even though it's quite expensive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we need to start thinking about that not just buying but also trying to think about generate, production generate, generate generating generate. producing not just say oh go and buy the solar panel go and buy mm -hmm. the battery mm -hmm. that is very important but when are we going to start producing some of the materials for materials this? Those uh, are the things we should be thinking about as a country, a reasonable country, uh, for that matter. Uh, ours, I hope, is a reasonable country. Dr. Afolabiolowokere, thank you for getting more light on this one. Uh, I just hope that someday uh, this hope will become a reality. Definitely. <laughs> All right, so uh, tell us, analyze data services and resources. What else can we get from you in terms of the public? Yes, we have quite a number of things. We, as we mentioned last time, we do data analysis uh, services. Uh, we do economic advisory services. Uh, there are people that want to know what happens to the economy, especially businesses. Uh, we speak to the board of company. We speak at strategy meetings, our co-meetings of company, for them to be able to know the direction of the economy, how things that are happening globally, domestically, and regional, we affect their performance. We do a lot of analysis. We help uh, researchers to also analyze data. And we also have a very robust database, which people can then come for, query, without them disturbing themselves, looking for data everywhere. So we give data to people, and we have publications. Uh, recently, we are developing our training arm, which is called Analyst Academy, uh, so that people can come for training in terms of policy making, research, data analytics, and quite a number of things that we are doing. So it's just a very robust center for data, for analytics, and for intelligence. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Afolabiolowokere from Analyst Data Services and Resources. Uh, we hope to see you next month. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for being here. All right, so that's it on that segment. We'll be going over to Africa Check in just a second. Stay with us, don't go away. Flash FM 105.5. for being there with us. This is Splash 105.5 FM. It's your integrity station. So, we are on Africa Check moment at this time. So, uh, the issue that we want to take a look at is what I will bring to you now. The story says no Kogi state doesn't have highest HIV prevalence rate in Nigeria. And I'm speaking with Cheyi Awojulibwe from Africa Check. Good morning, madam. Good morning. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, and I hope you're great as well. 
I'm fine, thank you. Okay, so let's go into this story. Tell us about this particular story uh, that talked about data from Kogi State. Uh, what precipitated this report? So, uh, on at, at Africa Check, we usually source for claims. We check to make sure that the claims made on social media or in the news, whether on television, radio, or newspapers are correct, are accurate. And so on social media, we saw a post, or several posts actually, which claimed that Kogi State has the highest HIV transmission rate in Nigeria. That, and so some of those posts read that breaking Kogi State ranks first in HIV transmission in Nigeria. And so we decided to check. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did you find? We found that it is actually not correct. So we, we went and, and checked data from the United Nations, from the United Nations Agency and Nigeria's own national agency for the control of AIDS. Mm. And so what we found out was that Kogi State does not have the highest HIV prevalence rate in Nigeria. So, you know, by by checking these credible data platforms, you, one can easily verify. But why would anyone want to put Kogi State on the um, platform this way uh, to show that it has the highest? And what data were they relying on? So, let me start from uh, your last question. Those Facebook posts, those social media posts, did not state a data source. And so... We, we don't know where they got their own data. Mm. But uh, speaking to why they would want to put Kogi State in spotlight like that, mm. we have found out in our work that people spread, spread information for their own agenda. Now, that agenda is, is entirely up to the person. Well, of course, we're not in the person's mind, so mm. we don't know what they're trying to achieve. But sometimes we find that people try to spread panic Sometimes people, um, we found that sometimes even fraudsters put out false information to be able to lure people in and defraud people. So people often spread false information because of an agenda that they have in mind. And so perhaps in this situation, since it is health-related, perhaps they wanted to spread panic about this um, HIV prevalence rate in Kogi. And from the data sources that we checked, if I may quickly speak to that, from the data sources that we checked, we saw that Kogi states, uh, the prevalence rate of HIV um, transmission in Kogi is 1%. So perhaps the person mistook 1% to mean first. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. and and then we now found out that Akwaibom State has uh, a prevalence rate of uh, of five point six percent, which is the highest in Nigeria. Mm. So five point six percent is higher than one percent. So uh, okay, uh, for those exactly. who probably know uh, arithmetic and uh, statistics, they should know that five point six percent is higher. Uh, than one percent, uh, actually. So let's let's I mean, help those who are in the business of fact checking. Uh, how do you know that this particular data is reliable? You know, or, and where to go? 
usually when in our work at Africa Check, we rely on data that is sourced by credible agencies, okay. credible government or international agencies. Mm. And how do you know that data is credible? They would uh, they would explain how they arrived at their verdict, mm. how they arrived at that conclusion. Now it also covers a large percentage of the population. Mm. So um, you cannot do you, you cannot say you want to do survey on Nigeria's over 200 million population and say you only interviewed 10 people mm. and you reach a conclusion based on interviewing 10 people out of over 200 million. That would be inaccurate. So these are some of the things that we look out when trying to source for data. We make sure that whichever data we use in fact checking meets certain criteria that it paints a general picture of the situation in a population. Okay. And so we have to look, we go online, we, we uh, internet search has been a major part of uh, our work. So we go online, we search over and over until we find something that meets the criteria. Mm. Okay, uh, in round of uh, this, this conversation, uh, help us, uh, for those who are interested in, you know, credible stories online, what are the red flags for you when you see a story or when you see a post that will make you question it and want to go find out about it? What are those red flags that you normally, you nom normally uh, look at for? The first thing, what, what we look out for when we are searching for claims online is to check what is the claim that is being made, how widespread is the claim. So if the claim is going viral on WhatsApp, on Facebook, on Twitter, that we know that it is something to check. So that is so we don't at the point of check or at the point of sourcing, we don't know whether the claim is correct or incorrect. Mm. We just know that this thing is going viral, and so we must check. Then we also check for who is the person making this claim. If the person is someone that is uh, important or popular in the society, whose opinions can influence people, we also check to make sure that what these people are saying is correct or incorrect. So those are some of the so those are some of the things that we put in mind when we are searching for claims. Mm. And so and for anyone who wants to read credible stories, I would say that they should visit our website www.africacheck.org to read the stories that we publish on a daily basis about uh, inform accurate information. Thank you so much uh, for your time on the program this morning. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. And you too, and you too. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that report was done by Catherine Olorun Femin, the editorial project coordinator who did the story that says, no, Kogi State doesn't have highest HIV prevalence rate in nigeria it was probably sometime this month that's all we've got for you on the program economic searchlight on splash 105.5 fm your integrity station for this week we hope that you will join us next friday 
for another edition of the program. Uh, I want to thank Desmond Adewega for his assistance and also Analyst Data Services and Resources for uh, how they've helped us today. Thank you so much for being there. I'm Uluwashio. Mark Have a fantastic Friday. <laughs>